This is Yonder. episode 12 of the yonder podcast i am jeff robbins every two weeks we put out a new podcast talking with people who are thinking about remote work distributed companies uh and the like (laughs) um yeah, this week we've got Jody Grunden on the podcast. Uh, Jody is the uh, founder and partner at Summit CPA. Um, I've known Jody for a while now. He, he they, they uh, were Lullabots, still are Lullabots uh, uh, CPA firm. Um, and so I met Jody a few years ago when we hired them on. And since uh, meeting him. Summit CPA has become a distributed company. And so uh, Jody's going to talk to us about finances and taxes and sort of how that works with remote teams and converting from being a co-located company into a distributed one. And um, he's also going to talk about his big fish tank. So you have that to look forward to. (laughs) Um, let's see, what else can I tell you? Um, we are talking, so, uh, Laurel, uh, Ferrer and I have been scheming up some great stuff around Yonder. Um, we're gearing up, uh, another Yonder conference. Um, so if you want to find out about that, be sure to get on the newsletter, uh, go to yonder.io and scroll down the bottom and you can get on the, the newsletter there. Uh, also, uh, we are hiring a, uh, writer, someone to help us share more about, uh, all these ideas that we've got, um, writing articles for our website and, uh, for the newsletter and, uh, helping us sort of put together all the content, um, and do some wordsmithing for us and with us, um, yonder.io slash jobs is where you can find that um if you are interested or you know someone that might be interested in um that type of thing pass the word along we'd appreciate it hey i also want to thank rohan smith who's been helping out uh we use this thing that npr created called audiogram which allows us to take clips from the podcast and convert them into video to put up on social media because social media is not so crazy about audio clips but they love video clips so we create these little video clips to get people interested and give them a little taste of what they'll find on the podcast and uh rohan's been helping getting that set back up again for us so uh really really appreciate that um yeah as always subscribe to this podcast if if you're enjoying it you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher uh, reviews are always appreciated. It really helps us get the word out um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, we're still building up, building up the audience for this, getting the getting the word out. So we would appreciate any help. All right, let's talk to Jody Grunden. 
Jody, welcome to the Yonder Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Man, we've known each other for years now. Yeah, it's been uh, oh, since like 2009 to 2010, somewhere in that ballpark, yeah, I think. Like so it's that. been, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I think when we first started working with you, you you were a more conventional company with a more conventional office, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, the The story behind that it's it's really funny, actually. We um, when um, we're a virtual CFO firm, and what that means is that we work with our clients uh, virtually, so we're not with them in person. So everything's done through a GoToMeeting or Zoom or Skype or you know something of that nature. And at the time that we were meeting, or at the time we actually met you guys, um, we thought you know we want to do something a little different. So um, we did a lot of SEO work and trying to really market our company. And um, I, I didn't know how to get, how to rank high, so what I did is I picked uh, you know outsourced CFO was like the the big term at that point but that kind of had the indication of being in india so i thought well let's uh let, let me get the thesauruses out and i, I found virtually i thought well virtual that sounds kind of kind of cool so i did a a search on it no, nothing in the internet was virtual so it wasn't virtual cfo it wasn't even out there at that time and so i thought well i'm gonna score high on that and so i'm gonna put that on everything i do so i i plastered my website with virtual cfo and then um when you guys came across that it was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And I wasn't even sure because it can't, your, your email, you responded back through an email and it went into my junk email and, <laughs> and, and kind of funny because I never checked my junk email ever. And I, and I did at that time. And I thought, well, th- these guys are a web company. Or are they trying to sell me on a website? I, I couldn't really, I, I wasn't sure what was going on because I couldn't understand. You know, it was like a little, little, it was, you know, big, huge, like a, a book on the email. And I thought, well, okay, that's where it's, I'll just give them a call. And so, <laughs> So I called them. You guys were in Rhode Island. We're in Indiana. And I thought, this is great. And they're like, hey, we loved your website. You know, we'd love for you to be, you know, uh, to help our company. Can you guys do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. We can definitely do it. And and so you guys actually became our, our first, very first virtual CFO where we actually couldn't actually go to your office. And, um, you know, Jeff, it's kind of funny because the first, the one of the questions that you asked me when we were out there is, do we have to meet in person ever? You know, like, No. <laughs> Why would we have to do that? <laughs> and then it kind of went on from there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you guys, uh, just to, to be clear about it, so Summit CPA has been uh, Lullabot's accounting firm for, what is that working out to seven or eight years now? Um, yeah, I guess so. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's uh, we've kind of rubbed off on each other in various ways that uh, uh, Lullabot has gotten much better about balancing our books and uh, learned a lot about sustainability and uh, um, things like uh, key performance indicators and all that kind of stuff that's, uh, that's really helped us to thrive as a business. Uh, and, and you all have learned about the crazy uh, distributed work style that uh, that Lullabot has had. Uh, I say crazy, but you know, it's just uh, unconventional. Uh, better. I like to think of it as better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. And hundred uh, percent. And 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 you've uh, and you've gone uh, more distributed over time. Let's uh, let's kind of roll back a little bit here. Um, so explain what what Summit CPA is. Uh, sure. Know, how, how do you define it for people? 
Yeah, sure. We're, we're a first of all CPA firm, but we specialize in virtual CFO services. So 90% of what we do is, is it falls under the umbrella of a virtual CFO. And so what that is, that's a an individual that just basically takes ownership of your uh, accounting process, of your finances, uh, helps you make, uh, you know, we, we help our clients make, you know, informative decisions based on a forecasted model with, um, you know, it's dynamic so we can kind of control what's going on. So if it's, if we're looking at your numbers and we say, hey, it's, uh, you might want to think about hiring somebody, you know, you've got capacity, you know, or maybe you might want to think about letting somebody go, or maybe your pricing's not right. Maybe we need to increase your pricing to get more into the, you know, to closer to what the uh, industry shows, or maybe your cash is low. So, you know, the decision, hey, we want to build a building. What do you think? And it's like, well, we don't want to hold off until here, and here's how we can get, here's how we can put the game plan together to do it. So we, we meet with our clients on a regular weekly basis and go over you know those type of uh decisions you know all the time and we, we do have also some back office stuff where we can do their accounts payable receivables or, or you know the bookkeeping side if they want us to do that but our main focus is the uh the virtual cfo side uh so that's that's primarily what we do and like i said we've been doing that oh for the last you know you know basically for the last 10 years or so uh, really focused on it and really fine-tuned it uh, to where we uh, are doing really really well with it and so <clears throat> you now are a distributed company of your own. Yeah, yeah, we sure are. It's kind of funny because, um, you know, as we helped you guys out with Lullabot out with their um, finances and all that kind of stuff, um, you really gave me a great, you know, a great picture on how to how to really be successful in, in the distributed world. And you know, at, at the time, you know, accountants, you know, they really, really hate change. My partner is one of those that <laughs> hates change. All the people I had hated change, and so, and I came back, you know, after we'd been working with you guys for about three years, I thought, you know what, this would be kind of cool if we could do that. You know, at that time, we only had maybe 15 people, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, they were all in a brick and mortar office. And so I, I, I got, huddled everybody around in the conference room and, and I said, you know what, guys, I, I, I think it's time that we take the next leap and I, I'd like to go distributed. And first of all, no one even knew what that word meant. And so they're like looking at me, like, what's he talking about? You know, distributed, what does that mean? And as I went and explained it, it was like, they were like, no, that will never work. Uh, I can't. We can't do that. And they gave me a litany of explanations on why it wasn't going to work. What were the reasons? Why, oh, it was. Oh, because we could not collaborate. You know, we've got to talk face to face with people. Uh, we can't work together that way. Um, it's it just. You know, it's just. You know, it won't work. I, I got things at home. My kids are going to be all around. I don't have office space. My internet's bad. Oh, you name it. They. They gave us every single reason for it. And, um, you know, after a while, it's like, you know, what do I do? I have to make that decision. Do I have a mutiny on my hands and just force everybody to do it? Or do I, you know, cave in and just stay in the brick and mortar? Well, I caved in. I said, you know what? I'm not going to lose my entire team, and especially my, my partner, of, uh, my business partner I've had for forever, since 2002. And so I thought, you know what? Let's just go brick and mortar. So what I decided to do is I own my own building here. I thought, well, I'm going to make this building really cool. I'm going to have TVs in all the offices. I'm going to do all the really cool stuff that you know an owner of a building you know you, you want to do to have a really nice environment for your uh, for your team. And so I did that, and I kicked everybody out of the office for six weeks. And so in what order, happened was in order to fix it up. 
Yeah, because I had to tear all the walls down. I, I mean, I redid everything. I mean, there was construction going on. I've got this really, really cool fish tank in my lobby. It's it's two hundred fifty gallon fish tank. It separates my office. It's it's a see through type thing. It's really, really cool. And and like I said, all the TVs and everything all set up and everything. Well, within that six-week period of time, um, as I'm, as people are starting to drift back, I'm one-on-one, everybody's just coming to me, you know what, hey, I really liked working from home. Do you mind if I do that? I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. But what happened was, it was like my 18 people, all but six of them, decided <laughs> that they wanted to come back. You know, six of them decided to come back to the office. The other 12, like, working from home. I'm like, what the heck? What did I just do? <laughs> so, so you know, it's like, it's one of those things. And and, 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 I, and they kept giving me all these reasons why they liked working from home now. You know, hey, it wasn't as bad as I thought. You know, all the different issues I had with my computer at home, they're gone. I figured it out. I was forced to because I was, I was there for six weeks. You know, I, 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 you know, in order to survive, I had to figure everything out. And uh, they just loved it. You know, one of them's like, you know what? I, I'm thinking about never having to buy another suit in my life or another <laughs> pants suit or whatever. And she goes, I'm going to save a ton in clothes just by doing this. You know, it's like, wow, that's kind of weird. I never thought about that. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of kept going on and on. So, like I say, it's like I, I, I bought a $100,000 fish tank is what I did because <laughs> it cost me 100000 to remodel the building. <laughs> I got a really nice fish tank here and no one else is here. So, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I've got an office of now I've got four people in the office the other two decided they like to work home too so they're, they've, they've moved on too and so i got a receptionist myself my office manager comes in every once in a while and then our audit partner who doesn't have a high quality internet at home uh, is, is kind of forced to work in the office here so i have four people uh, in an office uh, available for 30 <laughs> so it's, wow. it's just uh, kind of funny and so but you've been able to expand out in a in a distributed manner as you've been oh yeah more people over the years how how big's the company oh. now Oh, we right now we've have uh, over forty people. So I'm guessing so I, I don't know even the exact be able number. to fit them all in the office. Oh no, we'd had to re- we'd, we'd had to do something different. Yeah, because <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly right. Interesting. So you've you've grown beyond the bounds of what that office would have given you if you had 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 to have been a brick and mortar. Yeah, one year later. Company. Yeah. When you're one year after that, wow! Yeah, within a year, yeah, we because we we started at eighteen at that point, and that was probably two thousand. Oh, geez, that's probably about three years ago. So three years ago, we had 18 people. Uh, The very next year, we had uh, 32 people. And so now we're at 40-some people right now. I'd say 42 or 43 people right now. So, yeah, we would have had uh, – it would have been been sad. (laughs) And the reason why is because we would have had to start making business decisions based around our building. And and that's like the worst thing you could ever do. You know, hey, we can't hire somebody because we have space. You know, know, and and it just kind of confined us. It would would have confined us so it was it would have stifled our growth completely had had we not you know gone distributed yeah wow huh cool so talk to me about um the other stuff around that transition i mean you must have had to have found different tools and different kind of ways of communicating like how did how did that transition go um, what needed to change beyond just sending people home? 
Yeah, the, the, the big thing was is that in a distributed model, we found out that uh, communication is, is the key uh, for it to be successful. Um, before we actually kicked everybody out in our brick and mortar, we actually had a person uh, that uh, moved away. They moved to Texas. And, and she's like, you know, hey, I'd, I'd love to still work with you guys. Do you mind if I, I work uh, you know, from afar? And we're like, yeah, that'd be great because that was kind of our test. That was, you know, mm-hmm. can we get this? Can we do this right? And, and we failed miserably. Um, we... Uh, when we had conferences, everybody was in the same conference room. Uh, mm-hmm. She was on on the on the uh, big screen, and she couldn't hear anything we said. It was really distracting. It was just it wasn't it wasn't conducive of that environment. And and after a while, you know, she started looking for another job. Of course, I didn't know this at the time. And and when we went distributed, when everybody actually kind of moved out, uh, we were actually uh, still using you know phone. We were actually you know calling people on the phone and stuff like that, and using GoTo meetings internally. Um, and, and that really just wasn't wasn't working out. She's like she always felt that we were doing stuff without her, you know, kind of leaving her out of the picture. And so uh, we had to invest in some uh, sort of uh, some sort of virtual office. And we didn't know, really know at the time what it was. And then what I was at one when I was inter- I was being interviewed by um, a company called Flex Jobs. Uh, and they were, they were going through an, you know, for an article in Forbes magazine, they're going through and asking me, hey, what, 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 what do you guys you know, use as your virtual office? And, and I really didn't even know what that was. And so I'm like, so I'm Googling it real quick, virtual office, and, they, and nothing came up that I saw. And then they go, like, give me some examples. And she goes like, well, like Sococo. And she, I typed in Sococo. I go, that's what we're using tomorrow right there, Sococo. And um, it was kind of funny because we put it in play the next day. 100% everybody loved it, which doesn't very happen very often with software. And what it did, it gave everybody the feeling of being in an office without being in an office. Basically, it's a virtual office. It looks like a bunch of little emojis like SimCity on steroids, a bunch of little emojis in offices, and it gave you the ability to screen share and video chat and all that kind of stuff. And it, it really kind of helped our company in, 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 in that. It just basically brought everybody and made them feel like they're actually in an office when they're not. And it's kind of funny because we were at a um, conference, we, we actually had our, uh, one of our retreats out in uh, San Diego, and so I took our leadership team out there, and, and they're like, hey, one of the questions asked by the, the, the consultant that was out there to, to run the conference was, hey, what do you guys feel about not working in an office? And we're like, what do you mean? We work in an office. We have Sococo. We meet there every day. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. Uh, that's, that's our office. That's kind of interesting. So it's not a brick and mortar anymore. Anymore, it's a virtual, uh, virtual world, a virtual office. And so th- that was like the biggest thing is just that communication thing. So you know, we got the Sococo. We've introduced Slack. You know, a couple years ago, uh, introduced Slack into the system, so we have the instant messaging. Um, we very rarely, nobody has phones. We very rarely use a phone. I would say probably. It's kind of funny. The phones are all, you know, voice over IP. They're, you know, soft phones. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we very rarely have any calls out. Um, you know, all of our clients we meet with go th- or through GoToMeeting, Zooms, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I would say communication was the biggest uh, the biggest thing to overcome. So you you're, st- you're still talking in real time. You're just not actually using conventional phone lines. You're not exactly not exactly. talking over AT&T's lines. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're just using VoIP or... Uh, yeah, video conferencing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah that that was a, that was a big thing to hurdle. the The other big thing was the technology. You know, so we had to figure out how do we get everybody 
uh, technology that, um, you know, because we don't have a server anymore. We, you know, we use, you know, Dropbox and, you know, a few different things for Trello and, you know, a lot of different things in replace of it. So we had to figure out, hey, what do we do there? So we thought, well, let's give everybody technology stipends. And that's something that we picked up from Lullabot. They do something very similar. And it was kind of cool because, it was like a gift, you know, they're like, wow, I can pick out my own computer. You know, right. you know I'm like, yeah, of course you can. I, I don't want to pick your computer out for you. Here, here's the minimum you got to have, you know, do, do what you need to do. Or you're like, Hey, I can use that to, 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 to get a chair. I'm like, well, I don't care what you do. You use it to get a chair. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so do, they, do people own, essentially they, they pick out their own furniture, they pick out their own laptop and stuff. And then it's essentially theirs. Yeah, so basically it's the companies, and, and it's the companies until they decide to move on. At that point, it uh, becomes a taxable uh, situation for them. Right. So, so, yeah, so no, it, it, they don't have to pay tax on or anything like that. It's just, it's just something that's theirs, and their, it's our, our, we, our, our own product, wherever they're located at, and then they keep it until they actually uh, move on to, to a different job, which <laughs> is kind of weird. It doesn't happen very often. I wouldn't have even thought about the tax implications of it. I was just sort of thinking, like, do they own it or not? But, of course, yes, there's tax implications. Like, if, you're, yeah. if, you're, if they do own it, then they would need to be taxed on it and, stu- and stuff like that. But, uh, um, yeah, and then so it's a company asset until they, until they leave, right? Yep, that's exactly right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and this, this is it, like at Lullabot. This is an idea that you got from Lullabot, but again, mm-hmm. at Lullabot, we hadn't thought about the tax stuff, and and so we we kind of tweaked it uh, with your with your input. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a it is it's a really nice situation. I think especially when people are working from home, they want to feel like the stuff that they're working. On, you know, the the equipment that they're using is sort of is theirs as part of their home. Um, I I know that. Um, boy, my wife had a job for a while where, like, the company said that you need to do your work work. You know, on mm-hmm. the company computer. So we're sending you a separate separate laptop that you use for work stuff but should not use for personal stuff and so she had two laptops like we would go on a trip and she would bring two laptops with her it was insane you know and it, it just like i mean i you know people certainly have had like two cell phones which i can kind of understand you know uh uh like they make multi-sim phones but most people don't have them um you know so if you've got two f- phone numbers have two phones and that kind of makes sense but two laptops is just insane um yeah and so so basically we're getting to this you know that idea of like kind of allowing people to you know allowing this holistic acceptance of people and their homes and and their stuff not this sort of like um strong division line between what is home and what is work right that this is your that's exactly your, right your home laptop this is your work laptop you 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 know um it's like let's just sort of figure out how we can kind of integrate these things better the truth though is that the irs would much rather that things be separated at least the last yeah. i knew right you know oh absolutely 100 percent. yeah with yeah the irs has strict rules on that but you know the, the the idea is that if the majority of it's used for business, then it's basically a business asset, and so that's kind of how we 
we treat it. And that's the same thing with the buyout at the end. We give, we give a nominal buyout at the end that way that they can take possession of it and pay a little tax on it. And then it's not a big deal because really those assets aren't worth anything I to think. us <laughs> when they quit anyway. So right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's got... It's got Hello Kitty stickers all over it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Which is, which is great. People should feel free to put Hello Kitty stickers all over their stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah. So, that, so, so now you, do you think of yourself as a distributed company? Oh yeah, without a doubt. We're, you know, really the only difference, it's kind of like where everybody works at home except for four people and they work in the same co-located area type of thing. It's, it's, it's no different than me working at Starbucks or something like that. Cause it's not like we, I don't even know when people are even in this office. It's kind of funny because I'm in my room, it's shut, the door shut, and I, I don't see anybody during the day. So it's, it's no different than really being at home. Uh-huh. And I also have a, an office at home, so if I don't want to go in, I can just simply do that. And the only reason I'm actually going into this office, to, to be feed, honest with you, to feed the fish, right? To feed my fish, yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Damn fish tank, Jody. I Damn. know. Tell me about it. <laughs> Saved the company, but it's also your albatross. Um, I know. Wow. Yeah. So, so um, I also want to talk about uh, not just the the business that you have, but also the work that you do. Uh, you Lullabot and several of your other companies that you work with are distributed companies, but you've also worked with more conventional brick and mortar companies, and now you the your own business is is more and more distributed. Talk to me some about, I guess, I don't even know where to start on this, but we can kind of start anywhere. Uh, how is it different from a financial services standpoint uh, being a distributed company? Like, how what what are the basic things that make that that are different between a, a brick and mortar company and a distributed company financially? Oh, on a, on a financial aspect, um, there, there's a lot of different things, really. I mean, with, with a um, with a brick and mortar company, you're going to have obviously the cost of your facility. You know, the cost of utilities, rent. Um, you know, a mortgage payment if you got that. You know, repairs on the on the building. You're going to have all those different things that are associated with the building. You know, plus the the technology that you're going to have, the additional technology like the servers and stuff like that. You're going to have that are inside the building. So you've got a lot of different things that you're catering. Uh, to and around a building. So when you buy your your cubicles or whatever, it's catered in and around around the building. Um, and so there's there's that there's that cost, and we see that cost is generally between probably three to four percent of of annualized revenue. So it's a pretty significant cost for a lot of companies. Now with a distributed model. You really don't have that cost because you don't have a, a building anymore unless you got a big fish tank. And then, uh, but anyways, with the with the building, you know, with that without having that building cost, you, you would think, well, that I'm going to save four and a half percent or four percent or whatever that is, and and that's really not true, especially uh, when you're you know when you're around the three million and below mark. And the reason why that's not true is because. You know, as a distributed model, you really still need that human interaction, and so uh, often what we'll what we'll do is we'll have uh, meetups or, you know, uh, retreats. You know, we we actually you know have people meet up or you know, you know to to go over projects or to meet up to just to 
to hang out with each other for mm-hmm. a few, you know. So we'll have those throughout the year, and and the and the overall cost of that generally accumulates to, you know, roughly the same amount. So it's kind of a wash at that point. And and when I when I talk about the retreats, like we have, we'll have an annual retreat once a year. We'll have the entire team. We'll go somewhere really nice, and we'll spend a week together just hanging out and and kind of going over firm stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But the most, but the but the biggest thing there is just simply to get to know each other, you know, get, you know, grab a beer with each other, hang out. So, so people actually know more than who they're just simply reporting to or working with. And it, it creates that more of that dynamic that you'd find in an office. And then we'll have like a leadership retreat, you know, maybe we'll take our top 15 people or 15, what we call leaders, and we'll have them meet up and kind of discuss, you know, the vision of the firm, you know, that sort of thing. And, and again, the idea is to get to know each other better than just simply, you know, over, you know, video chat, and it just develops that bonding relationship there. So th- those things are what I think are really, really necessary and extremely important, but there's a cost to it. You know, we'll spend over $100,000 just on our, you know, a retreat treat and mm-hmm. you know for a lot of accounting firms they would just like hit probably their, their teeth probably fell to the ground when I, when I said that number because they would never dream of spending that kind of money on something like that but we, we, we feel that it's 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 beyond necessary you know it's, it's it's just part of doing business and so that that's incorporated in that and so really that's the kind of the cost that you would have you know, with that, um, you know, other costs that you have would be, you know, if you want to keep, your, you know, you obviously want to keep your people trained. And so, you know, you're not going to have one conference for everybody to go to like you would, you know, generally in, in your own city that you would have, uh, you know, people, you know, here's, I want you to go to this conference here and we're going to send the whole team, take a day off and send the whole team to it. Well, that generally doesn't happen in a, in a virtual world. You, they generally go to conferences wherever they're at. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a different, uh, different mentality there so you know cost wise finance wise i would say the the biggest difference is just simply the the uh, allocation of the money you know before it's going to you know someone else's pocket through a brick and mortar now it's going to the team and kind of developing them so you're saying it's not cheaper to no to be i a, don't think that i think that there's sort of that belief sometimes it's like if we don't have a building if we're not paying rent we could save so much money yeah, it, you know, I don't think that's true. I, I really don't. I, and I, we really haven't seen that until maybe you get to about uh, five or six million dollars in revenue. Then you might it might start going over the curve a little bit because you're not spending as much money maybe overall on your retreats. But it's not a it's not a dollar for dollar saving by any means. It, it might be a, a fractional one. You know, where we do see the savings though is the quality of people that we hire because in a uh, brick and mortar when you're located in one area, you're kind of refined to bringing people into that area like like fort wayne indiana is a perfect example it's not the mecca where everybody really wants to come to fort wayne and hang out they don't go there for vacation or anything like that so it's really tough to bring in quality people into fort wayne mm-hmm. so you have to kind of figure out who's in fort wayne and and how am i going to rob that person from somebody else and, and i'm going to have to spend even more money because you know it's got to be enticing for them to come to work for me where with a distributed model, you know, you can pay national averages and people will come to work for you because they don't have to do the travel. They don't have to do, you know, they don't have to sit in traffic for, you know, two hours to go to work to and from, you know, that type of thing. So you, you, you might get the person, you might get a person at a national average, whereas, you know, that person going, you know, in the, in the same town, like a San Francisco is going to be paying a lot more uh, driving to and from. So you, you might save a little bit on cost. And because just because people just love the environment, they want to come to work for distributed companies. I mean, shoot, we get 10 resumes a day, uh, which is just blows my mind. A really quality people, um, 
it's it's unreal the 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 demand for it yeah 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 i for i i think i've mentioned that on the podcast before but for people that are you know from co-located businesses that uh like you get a lot of resumes you get a lot of job applicants being uh being remote that it's really enticing to people um the idea of of you know not having a commute um there's also you you touched on the the quality of people thing uh which I think is a really interesting thing because it has this snowballing effect uh that you're able to hire better people you know mm-hmm. whatever that means people that match your culture better or have more skills or all of those things sort of check more mm-hmm. of the boxes of of the things that you're looking at but then as you hire more people, they realize like, I get to work with all these great people who are really mm-hmm. inspiring, you know? Um, and I, I found, I mean, certainly Lullabot has been that way. And, and mm-hmm. it's kind of part of our brand, our, our culture, our uh, part of our kind of what people know Lullabot for is having, they've got all these great people that work there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and part yeah. of the reason is we've got great people because we're, known as having great people and when great and great people come to us because they uh want to work with other great people you know and, mm-hmm. um and i think that that the nature of that is capable of happening uh more certainly in a distributed environment than it would in fort wayne or providence yep. but even in san francisco you know it's not necessarily gonna work out that way uh that you're gonna that it's going to, everyone's going to be inspiring each other like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I comp- completely agree. Yeah. The, the, the quality of people we have is just, uh, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, never did I ever figure that that would happen, you know, cause when, when we talk to, um, cause we, you know, when we talk to you know, our, our model to other accounting firms, uh, we always get, uh, well, that's not going to last. That's not going to work. Here's why it's not going to work all these different things. And w- one of the biggest things they say, well, you're not going to ever get, talented people you know you're not going to get the quality of people it's just not out there nobody's getting quality people <laughs> it's like i just kind of laugh it's like quality people i've never had that problem at all actually here here's 100 resumes from the last two weeks you can look through them see what you think um, there, there are certainly <laughs> some people who for whom it, the priority is it's a remote job like right. you know and and th- th- those aren't necessarily i mean sometimes they are but but those aren't necessarily the best people you know you want people who are good people and it would be nice for them to have a remote job not for whom like you know i i have some requirement where i need to work from home and and you're and you're hiring from home and so you know um and there are a lot of i think that lots of times there's sort of a, a bad rap around these kind of telecommuting work from home jobs that it's like stuffing envelopes or making phone calls or some kind of not not skilled, not uh, specialized kind of kind of work, uh, and and there's certainly a whole market of it that is that, I suppose. Um, but it's not what I'm familiar with. Um, yeah, me neither. Actually, I mean, the the people that come to us and apply for for work with us, I mean, it, it's a hundred percent the opposite. These are these are people that are top people in accounting firms. You know that 
just do not want the hassle of working a you know an eighty hour tax season week, which we don't do. We work forty forty five hours a week because we mm-hmm. spread things throughout just based on our model. And so they they come to us like, wow, this is just so much different and so much cooler. And it, you <laughs> know, it's gonna, like I was just say, so we scheduled this. Uh, uh, Laurel um, helped me schedule this, and I hadn't really thought about like. Uh, scheduling an interview with you during the first two weeks of, of April, I, frankly, I'm 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 astonished and honored that you said yes. But I, I suppose it's also uh, um, shows about the organization of you and your company that you are able to to spend a couple hours uh, talking to someone like me. Um, well, it, it's kind of funny. I appreciate that, but it's kind of funny because I, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Hawaii to speak into a uh, to, for a digital marketing uh, camp, and so I, I won't be back until after tax season's over. I mean, how how many partners of tax, how many partners of accounting firms could ever get get away with that? And, and the funny thing is that I'm not getting away with anything because nobody's going to be working more than probably 45, maybe 50 hours tops, you know, through these next two weeks, because that's just not our model. You know, our model is not, you know, a tax churnout accounting for model. It's a virtual CFO model. So it's completely, completely different. Yeah, we do taxes, but, you know, we're selective on, you know, who we do them for and, and, and so forth. So it makes it really, uh, really, really nice. And, it's just a little different. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. So as you're growing uh, in in this distributed model, uh, mm-hmm. where where are your people from? Uh, are they all in the U.S.? Are they? Yeah, right, right now they are. We have, um, I, I would say, oh, they're all over the place. I mean, they're Florida, Texas, Colorado. Um, boy, I can't even name them all. Utah, you, you name it. We've got, we're in 20-ish, I'd say probably 25-ish states throughout the United States. And we, we're actually um, interviewing a couple of people right now in Canada. So we're looking to maybe hire our first, uh, you know, international employees. So that'll be pretty exciting. We've had a lot of demand in Canada for, for our services. So we thought, well, let's see what we can do. And maybe we can do the same thing up in Canada. And, and uh, so we're, we're exploring that right now. Cool. They had they they use the same symbol for for their money, but it means a slightly different thing. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's usually like four or five cents in one direction. <laughs> no, it's yeah, a this Canadian is, this dollar. Is seventy-five cents. Yeah. Seventy-five cents. I, was, I don't know. I haven't tracked it recently. <laughs> yeah, like wow. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. Um, so so talk talk to me about uh having people spread out different states or in mm-hmm. you've and you've worked with companies like Lullabot who have people mm-hmm. spread out in Canada and Europe and and stuff like that what are what are the like tax implications of that yeah, the, the tax implications, uh, and just talking in reference to, to the United States, the tax implications are are fairly complex because you've got all these different taxing districts. You've got cities that have tax. You've got some states. You have states. Some states don't have tax. Some states do have tax. You even have some counties that have tax. So it, there's a lot of different tax situations that you've got to know on a payroll side, definitely, and then also on an income statement side. So with uh, with it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pay more in taxes at the end of the year because, but it just means that you're going to spread it out differently. So for instance, if I if I worked and and all my employees were in Indiana, well then I would pay all my tax in Indiana and I'd pay, you know, four or five percent, whatever the whatever the rate is. But now they're spread out, I'm gonna pay a portion of it in New Mexico. Well not in New Mexico, but I'll pay a portion of it in Texas. No, Texas doesn't have a state tax either. I'll be a portion in Tennessee.
see. No, they don't have one either. Oh, but but you know what? Wisconsin does. I'm, so I'm going to pay part of it to Wisconsin. I'm going to pay part of it to Massachusetts. Part of it to New York. I'm going to pay part of it all these different all these different jurisdictions. So it's, the important thing is to understand what causes me to actually have to pay tax in that area, and then just to know pretty much that it, it's it's not like you're paying additional tax. Sometimes it is, but for the most part, it's not. But you're spreading out that tax amongst other states. Right. So, does it matter where your clients are, uh, or where yeah. the com- companies located, employees are located? Yeah, it's yeah, it matters both. Yeah, there's because it's kind of weird that the tax laws, the way that they work, is there's this there's this na- there's this thing called nexus, and nexus means that you actually have to pay tax in that state if you do X, Y, and Z. And for the most part, every state's different. First of all, every state has their own nexus rules, which makes it really complex. But for the, for the most part, if you've got an employee in that state or you've got property in that state, uh, then you've have nexus in that state. Some states even go to the extension or the, ex- the, the the extent like Illinois does, where if you just have sales in the state. So there's a there's a sales factor, there's a property factor, there's an employee factor. So the Sometimes general Sometimes it feels like some states, if you had a, a, a flight layover for an hour <laughs> yes. or more, exactly. they'll come after you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some states, if you, if you actually meet with the client in that state, you know, you, you have to pay tax in that state. We've had you a know, lot of problems with Lullabot because um, we have a P.O. box in Des Moines uh, that, you know, a lot of our stuff comes to and Haley goes and picks up the, the mail for us but then you know the state of, of uh, iowa will come after us and say you're located here and we said just to, as you know oh yeah just yeah the, the size of this p.o box yeah yeah because they, they don't know they don't know how to even treat it anymore i mean they have no idea how to work with a distributed company so it's it's such a a newer concept and i say new it's been around for a while but it's not it's new relative to the tax code and so they they have really no idea how to treat them and, and it even comes to the health the health problem you got health insurance that's even that's a that's a weird phenomenon all by itself because you have to have so many people inside the state in order to qualify to have health insurance right. and so it, it's really it's really a different uh, beast all along because they don't even know how to treat it with a distributed company either so you got the uh, tax issue health insurance issue you know there's a, a few different things the government's got to figure out yeah but what you're saying is that ultimately it kind of all works out to be the same it's just a little bit more jumping through hoops uh so you know with lullaby i think over the years i you know would sign 20 tax documents from various different states (laughs) and and the federal and uh you know a lot of it's happening online more and more of it's happening online but you know there'd be some you know New, new hampshire or some state you know with that doesn't allow you to file online and uh Mm -hmm. and we'd end up signing all these things uh and 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 stuff like that but it it works out to be about the same amount if it's not going one place it's going another place but it's sort of more hoops to jump through Mm -hmm. yeah plus you get all those notices after the fact so after your after your accountants file all the tax returns in the 30 or 40 states you're in then you start getting these little notices hey you know, you forgot about the property tax uh, return that you were supposed to file in our county, and here's the $125, please pay. You know, that, that type of uh, a notice, you get tons more of those type of notices that uh, you would never have gotten, you know, had you been just a one-state, one-brick-and-mortar company. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny how that works, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a tax issue that, again, like I said, the government's got to at some point figure out. <laughs> What about for uh, foreign 
employees and workers. Um, are there tax and financial implications for that? Uh, yeah, there's for, a ton of those. For companies yeah. that are located in the U.S. I mean, what, what, yeah. what are the ins and outs with that stuff? What, what should people be aware of? Yeah, with, with it, it's important to understand um, when an employee is an employee and when they're a contractor is a contractor, and and I can't really get into specifics of that in within this this conversation, but it's important that you understand that, and it's important that you understand if you're going to Canada, knowing that hey, health insurance is part of their taxes. You know, that's how they do it. You, you don't have, and, and also, by the way, if somebody quits, you know, they're required to have so much uh, notice, maybe that's six months or, you know, three months or whatever. It's completely different than the United States. So you've got to make sure that you're aware of, you know, the, their policies within that country. Uh, Denmark, man, their tax is like 90%, just about, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, a completely different, you know, tax system everywhere you go. My recommendation is if you've got more than a couple of people that you're thinking about hiring in a different country, uh, get a PEO that handles that. And the PEO is just simply uh, an employee leasing company. And what you're doing is you're simply letting them take care of all of the tax situations. They're a co-employee of yours as opposed to simply, you know, letting, you know, you know, instead of leasing it, truly leasing it from somebody else, they're just a co-employee, but they handle all the tax, the conversion of the, of their foreign currency and all that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's kind of what I push people to is, Hey, go the PEO route. If you're going there, that way you don't have to worry necessarily about all the different nuances that you would have to internally worry about if uh, you became, they, you, you made them an internal employee. PEO stands for professional employer organization. Um, and there are a number of these companies out there. Um, and it's a, it's a funny, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a loophole exactly, but it's sort of a, a before, uh, before I was aware of it, I was completely unaware of it. You know, mm-hmm. th- this idea of co, uh, co-employing, um, people and, and stuff, but basically they, um, will, will handle all, uh, a lot of that stuff. And, and I know that there's a, um, I think I first started learning about them at, at Yonder years ago, mm-hmm. uh, several, several companies, um, who were attending the Yonder conference, uh, were using, um, can't remember who um i think lullabot's using insperity now um mm-hmm. that's been good uh yep yeah yeah just sort of stabilizes a lot of things um yeah um <clears throat> so yeah so in employment stat again like contractor employee know the difference uh and understand it because Especially, especially within the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. you know, if it looks like an employee and smells like an employee, it probably should be an employee. Uh, yeah. And even outside the U.S., you know, to some extent, it's an ethical I- issue. It's a, um, uh, but you know, but it, but it can can get legal pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, 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 without a doubt. Um. Cool. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, you uh, you read. You've been writing a book. Are you, how's your book coming? Oh yeah. Oh, it's uh. If you've ever written a book before, I don't know of any author that loves the book when they're reading it <laughs> to themselves. <laughs> it's taken forever. I'll tell you that. It's, I've been doing it for 
going on just about a year. It's probably about probably 10 months. And uh, I am actually, all the chapters are complete. I'm putting illustrations in right now and I'm hating it every time I read it. So it's like one of those things that I go back and revise. So at some point I'm just going to have to give up and say, Hey, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> are you illustrating go, it yourself, go, Jody? No, no, heck no. <laughs> I'm an accountant. <laughs> Creativity is not in my blood. <laughs> Are you having the caricaturist who does all the, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> pictures no. for your your website? Are they doing the illustrations for your book? No, I was told I was told by uh, three different people not to go that route. Even though I really wanted to put <laughs> characters in there, I was told that that was not the way to go. This is, <laughs> that it this is a serious care. book about serious money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a called digital, digital dollars and cents. It's basically designed, um, yeah, basically kind of walking through the metrics and levers that you can pull to be profitable in a digital agency. So it's designed towards the uh, basically the market that we actually uh, focus on so it's kind of a, a nice thing and like I said it's, it's it's one of those things that I've been in, in the works forever and and I can't wait real, I really can't wait for it to get out and my uh, business partner is ready to hit me over the head every time we tell him it's going to be another month he's like whatever <laughs> are you really writing a book <laughs> like because I won't show it to him at all <laughs> it's like I don't want him to see it until I'm done <laughs> where, where can people find out uh, when when it comes out and and where to get it and all that kind of stuff yeah, we'll put it. We'll publish it right on our website, uh, www.summitcpa.net. S-U-M-M-I-T-C-P-A.net. So we'll we'll publish it on there. We'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and let you know, Jeff, and you can put it on your 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 um, uh, Twitter and, and, sure. and that sort of thing, so that we can um, uh, get it put out. It will be on. Um, um, it'll be on Amazon. It'll be on Apple. It will be. Uh, you know, you know, it, it, it'll be available for everybody. Hopefully, uh, it'll be hardback. Um, it, it's coming out here fairly soon. Hopefully, like I said, um, I get people to read it. So that's going to be the the key there. <laughs> just just to get some return on investment on all that work that you put in writing it. I, yeah, I don't know necessarily about the return on investment. That's that's part's not important to me. It's just simply I, I want it to be something that people can actually learn from and and, and educate themselves uh, so they can really help themselves because there's a lot of people out there that kind of stumbled into owning their own business and and really had never taken a finance class had no idea how to do it and now they've got 20 people and they're like well, what do i do now and i'm kind of hoping that the book kind of you know helps them address hey here's how you read here's the important things about your company you know the metrics of your company here's what you should actually be looking at and here's what you need to be you know use as your barometer you know basically what we do for the people you know for our, our clients mm-hmm. but you know kind of more for them you know maybe they can maybe they can do it themselves or you know help you know help each other out you know that type of thing so you know the, the idea is if i can get people to to do it and, and make their company better make them better you know that's gonna that, that's that's well worth it for me yeah cool well it's great to hear about all the uh the success you've been having and uh um uh you were telling me before the podcast that you just got a an award from the uh indiana cpa society the uh <laughs> They they created the innovation award for you, and I, I was I was joking that because there, there's not a whole lot of innovation that happens in Indiana to yeah. start with. Yeah. We're kind of well, flabbergasted. What, what is this virtual CFO service? Uh, what is a distributed company? Uh, yeah. I, this is 
Yeah, and, and it even goes further. There's not much innovation in accounting in general. So, you know, forget about Indiana. We're talking about accounting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, nobody ever relates a fun and accounting together. You know, that's kind of the funny thing about it. Uh, but, yeah, they, uh, they and I don't know if they created the award for me or not, but it, we're the first recipient of it. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I, but, I'd like to think that they, they they created it for you. They, in fact, they should call it the Jody Grunden Innovation Award. Yeah. Now, the Summit CPA one. Uh, you <laughs> yes, make CPA sure innovation. Come to the promotion comes to the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of cool cuz they, they they heard they heard about us and um uh, the, one of the questions, it was kind of funny because, you know, I, I'm, I'm interviewing, uh, with them, you know, on the phone and they're like, you know, Hey, um, we heard a lot about you guys, you know, we would love for you to put in bullet point, you know, everything that's really cool about things are going on in your company, what you do differently and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, okay. And, and they go, and is, is it true that you've got one employee that, that works in a van? <laughs> yeah, actually we do. <laughs> <laughs> One of my top employees actually works out of out of her van. Uh, her, her husband works for a, a remote company, and they do contract work. So she's driving all over the place with her husband, and then she'll park at hotels, and then that's where she pa- parks up her, uh, puts up her home office there. And she's able to, and you'd never know it unless she told you that she was working out of her van. And she's got it's kind of nice little conversion van. And she's got a little area for her desk and everything, and uh, it's pretty funny. So they're so like, they're, wow, that so is- they're sleeping in the hotel, but she's working out of the van. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so so while they're while they're driving around, like driving from location to location, she'll be working in the van because you know because they get, they're driving during the day, so they just drive you know wherever. She's doing all of her working, talking to you and me, just like we would normally be talking. You like I said, you never know. And then they uh, <laughs> park at a hotel for the night, <laughs> and they go to go to the next location. You know where they and she might be there for you know a month because her husband's working on this contract for a month, so she'll be. In the in the uh, either in the hotel with her stuff or she'll be in the van with her stuff, and so it makes it uh, it's kind of funny. So she, uh, yeah, what other accounting firm can say they have somebody that works out of their van? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, that was that was pretty cool. It, it was kind of neat because when they um, when they were talking to me, they were like, "Hey, um, have you ever been recognized in any kind of publications and stuff like that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we, we were recognized in Forbes a couple of years as one of the you know distributed model and that sort of thing. Just listed, we weren't actually there's nothing really about us other than our name, and um, which I thought was cool." And um, as they were going through it, any others, it was kind of funny. I, a, a tweet popped up, and it was from Virtual Vocation. Said, "Hey, you've you've been nominated as one of the, t- or you didn't have been nominated. You've re- you, you've been recognized as one of the top 100 in 2016 of distributed companies." And I was like, "Wow, this is kind of cool. Who's Virtual Vocation?" So I went in and looked at it. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty neat." And then we were recognized with like Apple and IBM and some of CPA Group. You know, so we got all these million dollar companies here, billion dollar companies, and you got uh, a little Summit CPA in there too. So that was kind of a Kind of a cool thing, so I put that in there. Hey, as just as we're talking here, <laughs> this popped up <laughs> and, <laughs> and sent it in, and uh, they let me know right away that you know that we, we had won it, and and uh, you know, they said the ceremony is going to be in May, and not to let anybody know until April, and so they're going to make the official announcement here in just a, a week or two, and uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Very honored, though. Very honored. Yeah, congratulations. That's great. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for talking to us, Jody. I'm, uh, if people have uh, questions, uh, feel free to post um, on the the podcast, uh, the page on yonder.io where this podcast is posted. You can comment down below and feel free to comment, and we'll have Jody um, 
get back to you there, or you can reach out to Jody uh, through summitcpa.net. Or are you on Twitter, Jody? You do usually do, yeah. do all those things. I've yeah, I do all those. Yeah, it's J- yeah, Jay Grunden. Uh, so that's my handle, J G R U N D E N. Pretty, uh, pretty basic. Cool. So, yep. Well, thanks for talking with us. And uh, yeah, I feel like we could probably do an entire podcast on some of these individual things that we talked about. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll have you back to do that at some point, but, uh, yes, that was great. Um, but yeah, thanks Jody. Yeah. Thanks Jeff. Appreciate the uh, time. Take care.